Well, hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. I'm Dave from Chase Summit, and we've got another live stream tonight. Uh, tonight, I've got a special guest that I'm super excited about. Uh, somebody who can t talk a lot better than I can. Uh, <laughs> he's the host of a podcast called The Adventure Jogger, who I was honored enough to be part of about a month ago. I think the episode aired. Uh, and I just had such a fun conversation with this guy that I had to have him on here just to talk with him again because he can talk. He's a good talker. <laughs> so the, the the podcast is called The Adventure Jogger. You can find that on any of your uh, your podcasting platforms, your uh, Spotify's, your Apple's, whatever. Uh, make sure to check it out there. And also check out his website at theadventurejogger.com. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Ryan Pleckelman. Let's bring him on. How's it going tonight, Ryan? Hey, Dave, it's doing great. And that's an excellent pronunciation of my last name. You have no yeah. idea how often that thing is butchered. <laughs> I had to uh, I had to re-listen to the to your podcast a couple of times to, <laughs> to, to roll it off the tongue. You know what I mean? It didn't feel natural yeah. at first. It you've, is, got, um, you've got too many letters in there, I find. You could remove a couple and still accomplish the same the same thing. <laughs> it's a lot of consonants and not a whole lot of vowels. Um, so yeah, people look at that. My whole life I've gotten, it's funny because like when I'd start school and there'd be like a new class and the teacher would have their roster and they'd be like, okay, uh, Benji Plour, Jeremy Peterson, Ryan. Uh, is there a Ryan P here? And I'd be like, oh, here I am. Here I am. So, yeah, that's what so for people who haven't listened to your podcast, um, you've got a different spin on on the whole running. There's like, there's so many different kinds of running podcasts. You've got your very serious, like scientific training, you know, breaking down the VO2 max and, and the training and all that. And then you've got people like, uh, you know, the the classic, uh, tr the trail. What, why am I forgetting the name of that podcast? Trail the Runner Nation. There it is. Yeah. yeah. We, we know that one. Uh, and you've, you've kind of, uh, struck this balance of like humor and, uh, while also still like hitting the, the facts and the information from people's accomplishments. And I really, I, I like that style because I don't like all humor and I don't like like all science and you're kind of just floating in the middle. Well, it's gotta be a balance, right? Cause yeah. it's, it's a running podcast. So you can't talk about, you know, the jokes all the time. It's, it can't be all jokes, but also <laughs> have you ever non-runners will know this. Have you ever sat around a whole bunch of runners that are talking about running? That can get so boring that people want to gouge their eyeballs out. And so <laughs> I think if you kind of you have a little bit of fun with it, and I think too, Dave, when we're on the trail, when we're at races, when we're talking with people during long runs, there is this balance of, of humor and running, like, what do you want to do? What's your year looking like? What are you training for? But you're also sharing stories about where you come from and, and just trying to have some laughs. It's, so I kind of try to really create that long run, having fun with your friends atmosphere. Yeah, I love that. Cause it's the weird, that is the weirdest thing about an ultra marathon. You could be in a, like a hundred miler, 60 miles in and just show up next to some person you don't know at all. And they're yeah. running the same pace as you. So you end up in this conversation and likely end up sharing your entire life story to this total stranger. That That is such a unique experience. And, and you walk away feeling like best friends after that. <laughs> right, you, you do. Thing. And then your friends on Facebook after that, and you start liking all their pictures and you know, you're living in, in that world. But yeah, I think 
trail running and ultra running has this this really great way of breaking down a lot of barriers quick. Like normal yeah. friendships, Dave, you know, you you have like this period of do I, I get to know this person? Do I like this person? You know, you, you you hang out a little bit, and then as time goes on, you get to know their story and 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 a, and a bond forms. With with trail running and ultra running, that bond forms quickly because it cuts out all the baloney, right? Like yeah. you don't have all the time to 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 get to know that person and to them that them lightly let you in a little bit. The barriers come down quick, and you get to know somebody, you know, over the span of how however many miles. And it kind of forges a really quick, strong friendship. Yeah. I am curious. What what was your how long have you been doing this? What was your first ultra marathon? Um, my like first running, ultra, running, not podcasting. <laughs> yeah. My first ultra marathon would have been 2013. I uh, someone's gonna look it up on Ultra Science and say it was 2014. Um, <laughs> no, it's it was it was the Music City Trail Ultra. Which was is in Nashville, um, but I did a really great race before I went into the ultra scene. I wanted to do this this trail marathon because you know I, I got into running the same way everyone else did, I, or, or you know like a lot of people where I wanted to lose weight and that sort of thing, and I tried a triathlon, and I really just like the running part of it, and so I got to do a marathon, and there was an old couple at the marathon that I did. That were talking, they were marathon maniacs, and they were talking about, you know, they had their shirts on and everything. Um, and they were talking about a race that they did in central Tennessee that was so hard they couldn't finish. They got pulled from the course. It was wow. rocks and stream crossings and and all of that. And I'm like, what excuse me, I'm sorry to eavesdrop, but what race are you talking about? And they told me it was a it's a race called the Savage Golf Marathon. And uh, I I looked it up when I got home. I signed up as soon as it opened, and that was my first trail race. Was this brutal, a Savage Golf Trail Marathon where it's boulders and roots and elevation? It is just a, <laughs> it's a brutal and beautiful course. I finished, I think, in seven and a half hours. That's not too the bad. First time around, that's not too bad. Yeah, I was totally not prepared for that. I went back a couple of years, a couple of years ago and ran it like five and a half, took two hours off my time. Um, I was happy about that, but no. And, and that race is so underrated because it's not an ultra marathon. And a lot of people look at that and go, Oh, it's a marathon. I don't want to do that. I can't put that sticker on the back of my car, but the, the Savage Golf Marathon in, in Tennessee is it's harder than most 50Ks, and it is beautiful and brutal. And why that race doesn't sell out in 30 seconds when it opens, I, I don't know. But look it up, people. Savage Golf Marathon, you need to do it. Nice. So you you, you did your hard first uh, ultra or marathon, uh, and then you worked your yeah. way into marathons or ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. And then one day you're like, you know what? I just want to talk about this on like a, a platform for hours on end. What led you there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my buddy, Travis Esterby, who's uh, probably one of my best friends, he said to me one day, he's like, you know, you're, you're in radio and you talk for a living and you like running. So why don't you do a running podcast? And he said, you should focus on the Eastern United States because there's a lot of races and runners here whose stories aren't being shared 
because a lot of the attention is on the the Western United States. And so the first podcast I did was was the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast, and that was focusing mainly on the on the East Coast and, and getting to know runners and races on the other side of the country. And so we kind of found we kind of found a niche there. Um, if you're bored and want some drama in your life, you can look at how that blew up. Yeah. But then I, I won't bring that yeah, up. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, nothing's off the table. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so then with the adventure jogger, I kind of wanted to continue to look for stories that may not be shared in other media um, and just kind of continue that fun, the fun theme and so the adventure jogger name came out of, I was at a race, I was a strolling gym and I was running past some very serious runners and I heard them make a comment about the people in the back of the pack. They dismissively called them adventure joggers. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I love that name. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> so I, I, I kept it in the back of my head. And when this opportunity to launch a new podcast came up about a year ago, I'm like, oh, I'm calling it the adventure jogger. So... <laughs> That is uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I would love, I would feel yeah. honored to be called an adventure jogger, you know, out there in the wild. Oh, I, no, but here's the thing, Dave. So many people are anti J word. Like there are people <laughs> that will not listen to my podcast because it's got the J word in it. They're See, like, I'm not a jogger. I'm a runner. And that's where at the beginning I said, you've got this scientific kind of running podcast. And then you've got the, mm -hmm. the hu full on humor and you're landing right in the middle with the jogging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you? I uh, try not to take myself too seriously. So, what, what are you drinking over there tonight? I am drinking the best beer I have ever had in my entire life. The problem is, I live in Tennessee, and this is only available in the state of Wisconsin. Oh wow! So I have to, I have to have family members because I'm originally from Wisconsin, and I moved down to Tennessee for work. So I have to have family members bring this down to me, sneak it across the border, um, so I can have it. It's uh, it's New Glarus Spotted Cow. New Glarus Spotted Cow. That is fantastic. <laughs> it, it is a. It's an old. I guess it's. I, I I read the 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 thing once about what it is all. It's like a farm ale. Okay. It's like farmers used to make it. It's like a cloudy farm ale, and it is so refreshing and see, so wonderful. See, I'm real boring. I, I've just got a Sierra Nevada torpedo here. But, you oh, know, that's a safe choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm a safe kind of guy. Plus, I'm not like a heavy beer drinker, so I just no. This is my podcast beer. You know, this is what I bring here. You don't have me. the hat. You don't have the heavy the the beer guy hat. You know the one I'm talking about? It's like the the flat like oh, British flat taxi driver. Oh, hat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the craft yes. beer guy yeah. wears that. <laughs> right, right. We've got uh we've got a few people in the chat. Hey, if you're uh, watching, Ooh. make sure you. Make sure you uh, tell us where you're from in the chat. If you've got any questions for us uh, from an ultra running or podcasting perspective, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. We've only got a few right now, but we've got, uh, let's see, we got, whoa, that is way too small. You know what the problem is, Ryan? Yeah. What I'm, is it? I'm streaming in 4K and I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that bad? <laughs> it's Well, it makes the, there we go. That's moving around. Okay. It looks normal, All right? right? What, what if I just did this the whole time? That'd be weird, right? Ah! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got Matt Legrand. Looking forward to this one. Thanks for joining, Matt. Uh, Chris King. Hello, Matt. Hello from Winnipeg, Canada, Canada, where it's minus 32 this morning. Holy, is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? I hope it's Celsius. Because that is. Don't bring me that freedom thing. <laughs> I, I, I only go by Fahrenheit. You keep your Celsius to yourself, Chris. But it's funny because I made a. Hey, Fernando. Um, <laughs> hey, Fernando. I made a. a I have a. I, I tried this thing where I was going to run. I wanted to see if baseball shirts were good to run in. You know, with those three-quarter length 
sleeves. Yeah. And so I I, I have adventure ju- cotton or like cotton. What? Yeah. Like cotton kills, man. Haven't you heard the phrase? My my nipples were fine afterwards, <laughs> but I but I but, but I tried it. And and it was really fantastic in cold weather because it's 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 not too much and it's it's kind of Goldilocksy it's not too much it's just right and so I put a comment on on Instagram about hey you know baseball shirts are great for cold weather running and then someone had to remind me Tennessee cold weather running the guy in Winnipeg you wear a baseball shirt negative thirty two you're gonna die. <laughs> Don't wear the baseball shirt in negative thirty-two. Well, well, he's probably adapted by now, right? If you're if you're a native, you know your negative yeah. thirty-two might be your uh, forty. You know your plus forty down there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. What is your what is like uh what is like uh, a bad day for a run in your area? Boy, you know we don't have a whole lot of bad days here, and that's kind of the downside of of running in the south is you're really not forced to take an off season because yeah. you can run literally all the time. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a pretty bad ice storm, but I, and so the roads were covered in ice for a while, but I just took some sheet metal screws and put them in the bottom of an old pair of running shoes and just ran with those, and that was okay. Nice. Yeah, that, that's like my go-to. I much prefer that than using something like the micro spikes or the yak tracks or anything. They're just like yeah. too clunky for running, and the screws are just enough to dig in pretty solid yeah. option. What is uh and they're a dollar 50. Yeah, that's better than $60 <laughs> for the Katula right. microspikes. What is uh right. what, what is the pre what's a primo day for Ryan Pleckelman to go for a run? What is like the ideal oh. conditions? You know, I love if it's 55 50 to 55 degrees and overcast. That is oh. magic weather. That's different. Yeah, usually people well, because, say 70s because and sunny and you know beautiful. Oh, you're gonna sweat your you're gonna sweat your what's off, you know, if you if you're running that. But overcast and 55 because you're a little cold at the start, right? And you're you're shivering a little bit because you got tiny shorts on, and you got you know your little your 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 shirt your your tech shirt on, and you're shivering a little bit. But once you get going, that weather. It's like your body's optimal running because you're not really sweating, so you yeah. don't really lose a whole lot. And yeah, I, I love oh, 55 degrees and overcast all day long. Did Did you watch any of that uh, Hoka Carbon X2 event with uh, Jim Walmsley? I, I did not. Oh man, it was 55 in overcast. It was Ooh. like it was like they they kept Ooh. talking about how it was perfect conditions for this huge effort that he was going to pull off. And he missed it by it 11 is. seconds. Poor guy. I, uh, I, I, I can't can even. I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> can you imagine being that close? Now I can't imagine that because the only way that would happen is if I was on roller skates. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I like if I'm, I'm, I'm roller skating next to Walmsley, going, "Hey, great job!" Um, but yeah, I 11 seconds off the world record. He got the American record though, so that's not yeah, too shabby. by like uh, 18 minutes by quite a quite a mm-hmm. bit. Pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, we got some more folks in the chat here. Uh, Hello, everyone. Hi from Chicago. We got Ryan Clayton in the house. Thanks for joining, Ryan. Uh, Brad Stanford from Knoxville, Tennessee. He's down in Europe. Not too far from me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris King, Celsius. Oh, good. So you're not, you're not. Oh, God. (laughs) Hi from Australia. Australia. Sorry. Hey, thanks for joining. Awesome. Uh, Good day, everyone from Brisbane, Australia. We got two Australians watching our live stream. How awesome is that? Hey, 
And, I love Australians. And we I got, love the um, – oh, go ahead, go ahead. We got your buddy Jeff on here saying, hey, Puff Daddy. <laughs> it's Pluck Daddy, Jeff. Get it right. <laughs> um, I love Australians. They have the best slang in the world. Um, I, I, I have an Australian friend, and he told me that in Australia, they call liquor stores bottle-o's. Bottle-o's. I, I think that's fantastic. I'm just trying to understand where that could come from because you know, they their their words kind of morphed out of other words, yeah. right? So wh where did bottle O come from? <laughs> well, maybe one of our Australian uh, watchers viewers can can let us know where that comes from. But I loved bottle O's, and they call McDonald's Maccas. Wow, that's better than McDonald's. So, I like that. Oh yeah, we're going to Maccas, <laughs> and then the bottle O. Uh, so let's, let's dig into these questions that I got for you here. I just kind okay. of like, right. I just kind of jot these down, uh, before, yeah. beforehand. Let's talk about, uh, oh, here's a good one. So what's your, right. what is the furthest distance you've, you've run at ultra? Uh, 103 miles or 106. Cause you know, those hundred milers are, yeah. are always like just about, yeah. It's either 97 so or 105. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And it's funny because you're like, what difference does it make if it's 106 miles? It's, it's a difference. When, you're at, when, when your watch says 100, you're like, why am I not done? But the, this, the, is, this is stupid. But the even worse way to do it is if you hit 98 at the finish line, then you got to walk around the parking lot until your watch clips off that, uh, that 100 number. You yeah. can't just walk away, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> So do you remember the old hang on Dave? Do you remember the old days when the when the GPS watches first came out and was the Garmin Forerunner, what was it, the three three oh five? The three oh five? Yeah, the chunky boy, the big one. Right. <laughs> Luckily you're wearing a computer on your wrist. Oh yeah. And people would walk around before a run, they'd walk around the parking lot like this, holding <laughs> their watch up to the sky, thinking that would get them a signal faster. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably hey, still yeah, guys. I don't have a signal. There's probably still a few of them out there at the races, uh, still still waving the hand in the air with like a Phoenix Six on their on their wrist. <laughs> <laughs> so, in your experience with that hundred mile distance, what's your what's your favorite distance? Like, is a hundred? If you, I mean, what is the one you? Where did you have the most fun? Because for me, I feel like a fifty k is a lot of fun, but a hundred's like you're grinding. You're grinding it for a long time. <laughs> You know, there there's a there is a satisfaction in a hundred miler that I've not found at other distances. Like fifty Ks are great. Mm. And that's kind of the shape I'm in right now. I'm not in a hundred mile shape, I'm in fifty K shape. I feel you. And so yeah. <laughs> I, it, uh, Rona man, I went in it in a shape, out of shape, in shape, out of shape. But anyway, there there is this with a hundred mile distance, it's there is this satisfaction. And I don't know if it's just mental or whatever, but there is this, and especially with my group of friends, uh, Stafford being one of them and Patrick Green and, and Travis Esterby, where you can't run a 100-miler without them. Like, they will be there. You don't have a choice. The <laughs> only way my, my boys ain't showing up for a race is if I don't tell them. But they'd find out somehow and they'd be there at the, at the starting line. Um, so experiencing all of that, the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and the, you know, you go from not being able to run a step. You're like, oh my God, I'm 35 miles into this and I, and I, I don't know how I'm going to do the rest of the mileage because I can barely walk. 
And then all of a sudden, 10 miles later, you're running at a, at a nine minute mile again. And just the ups and the downs and the, it, it, and the, seeing your friends and the celebration of, oh my God, you're here. Now you've got a pacer. And so you've got this, this quality time with your friends. It's, it's unmatched really by any distance I've run so far. Yeah. That's a, that's a heck of an experience. And that bonk, you know, we all have it. Everybody's got it mm-hmm. at some point in the hundred and coming back yeah. from it is a weird experience because when you're in the yes. low, you, you feel like you're, you're done, you know, this is over. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, you just, you crawl out of that hole and you start right. clipping off miles and it goes from, you know, 14 mile pace and to a 12 mile pace and then to a 10. And you're like, what the heck I'm mm-hmm. running again. <laughs> it's a really- it is. And, and yeah. And, and it's, it's weird because you know, the 50, 50 K distance, if you've done a 50 K awesome. Because so many people will never even think that's possible. Yeah, fifty mile distance. I mean, that is an incredible accomplishment in itself. But it's just something about that hundred mile distance where you're basically doing something for a day, right? And you're away from technology, and you're away from the world, and you're just kind of living moment to moment. And it 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 changes. You after you get over the excitement of the starting line. And, and and running with some friends and some early chatter. Once you get into those middle miles, it's you get into this state of Zen where you're living moment to moment and you're living in the present and you're not you're not consumed with what do I have to do at work next week? Or you know, anniversary's coming up, what am I gonna get my wife? It's just <laughs> what you know, one is your is your anniversary next week? <laughs> no, uh, uh, August fifth is my anniversary. Nice job so. calling that out on the spot. Can, <sighs> well done. She'll be proud of you. I love you, honey. August fifth, <laughs> 20, 22 years. This August. 5th. Uh, that that moment though, that what you're talking about there, when you're like in that meditative state, I that is the mm-hmm. weirdest feeling. You're like it's just a machine at that point. You're like eat, drink, run, eat, yep. drink, run, mm-hmm. and you just kind of yeah going to that. It's like a primitive. You feel like a caveman a little bit. Uh, just moving forward step by step and drinking and eating yeah. what you need. And yeah, you're, you're, you know, that's like the, that's why we run, right? Like at the end of the day, that's your, we're, we're all looking for that moment <laughs> on during the run to yeah. clear, clear your mind, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Take another swig here. Yeah. So, uh, I had a couple of questions about your podcast. You've got a, You've got a couple of high level guests on there. You've got uh, mm-hmm. Carl Meltzer as your first guest on the podcast, which is pretty awesome. It's a heck of a way to kick it off. Um, did you ever get, did you ever feel, especially that being your first, well, you're a podcaster, so it wasn't really your first, yeah. but uh, right. did, did you ever feel intimidated by a guest when they when they come on and you see them on the screen and you're talking to them? Yes. Uh, Carl, when I first talked to Carl, because I've interviewed Carl probably three or four times all together with the the podcast I've been on. Well, the first time I talked to him, I was like, oh my God, this is the speed goat. You yeah. know, it was very, it was very intimidating. And you're like, this is the greatest hundred mile runner of all time. Yeah. Uh what you know, but as I've gotten to know Carl and I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I actually got to spend some time with him at Penhody a couple of years ago and his wonderful wife Cheryl, that now now Carl's Carl. And and it was so it was so great of him because when the one podcast went kaput and I was like, Oh my God, 
I'm I'm out of the podcast game now. I'm I'm, I'm going to put it down. But people were like, okay, do another one. And I was like, who could I launch it with? And I was like, maybe Carl would be interested. And I and I I I I messaged Carl, and I was like, I'm launching a new podcast. Do you want to be the first guest? And he's like, yeah, I'm in totally. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, wow. Well, that was easy. That's awesome. That, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I I would be. Just his attitude, he's so like, he's got a lot of energy and he's very confident. I, I feel like I would be mm. pretty, pretty intimidated by that dude <laughs> talking directly to well, him. He's, you know, it's funny because he's, he's got a great sense of humor Yeah, that, that people don't see too much. If you just talk running and training with Carl, like, hey, Carl, how many miles do you run a week? <laughs> you, you know, he's answered that question 5,000 times, but you know, if you he's he's got a he's got so many great opinions, and he's just such a funny guy that if you can get him to to open up and and, and just kind of share some stories about his thoughts and his life, I mean, he's he's a great interview. He's you need to get him on this because you would you would have a great time with Carl. <laughs> yeah, let me let me learn how to speak a little bit better. You know, get this whole thing down <laughs> because the trick with the live thing, we're you know, you can't screw up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we've got some more. We've got an answer to our question about the bottle O, Ryan. Uh, mm. Here we go. Uh, bottle O is from bottles O wine or beer. Or bottles okay, O beer good. or makes, wine. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, so Carl was like a great, you know, high level guest to have on. Did mm. you ever have, yep. did you ever have a guest? You don't have to name names, Ryan, but did you ever have a guest yeah. on that you maybe wish you didn't have on? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe a guy named Dave who has a YouTube channel that might be <laughs> no 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 answer. <laughs> um, here's okay. So here is my 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 podcasting philosophy. So what makes a successful interview, be it a podcast or whatever, is it's it's dynamic personalities sharing compelling stories. That's the recipe. If you can get that, then I think you're. You're you're gonna win nine times out of ten. Some people are easier to interview than others. Like um, Andy Jones Wilkins, who I love, Le love Andy. I love you. <laughs> I know that I can I can I can set Andy up with a question, and Andy will run with it, right? <laughs> and he'll share us. He's got he's got stories, 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 stories. My work is not is not hard at all when I'm interviewing Andy Jones Wilkins. Or, you know, um, when I interview Carl, it's not hard work at all because I just set them up and then they share a great story. But sometimes not everybody's a great storyteller, right? Yeah. And so you'll, you'll kind of, you'll, you'll set them up with a great question and you'll get a one word answer and you're like, oh, uh, okay, I've got to ask, I got to ask the next question uh, really quick. So I've had a couple of people that I could tell were I was maybe their first or second um, interview and that they they really were, it's, it's nerve wracking and that sort of thing. So I don't know if I've had anybody on that I wish I didn't have on, but I definitely have had people on that have made my job as an interviewer easier and I've had people on that have made my job as an interviewer tougher. I earned that Patreon money more in some episodes than others. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the sport as a whole, the ultra running sport, kind of invites yeah. introverted people to partake. Mm -hmm. 
and introverted yeah. people typically aren't the best uh, interviewers. And it, it's funny because I'm pretty introverted in real life. And then I turn this really? camera on and I'm, I'm a lot less lost, a lot less awkward when I'm looking at my camera, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's pretty weird. Now. <laughs> no, but I, I'm jealous of you, Dave. I think what you've done, I like your uh, gear reviews because there's a sense of authenticity to it. Like I'd ever feel that Dave Dillon, or as some people know you as Chase D Summit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I always feel that I'm getting your legitimate self. Like I never feel like you're putting on a front because, you know, Koros gave you a free watch. This is not free, by the way. I paid for this. But <laughs> is that I, Pace I never, Pace I never, two? no, this is a Apex. Oh, okay. Sorry to cut you off. Which there. I kind of regret <laughs> not getting the Vertex. You're, 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 you're fine. But no, and I, and I, I appreciate authenticity. And, and I think this sport is full of authentic people. I think that's what makes ultra running so, so great is that there's a lot of authentic people here and yeah. you meet really interesting people. And you get to see there, there's no there's no masks, there's no baloney. It's just you get to really know some really wonderful people. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, it's hard to have a mask when you're uh when you're like eighty miles into a race. <laughs> it's like all, all bets are off at that point. You're throwing up, you're uh running into the woods to go to the bathroom. Like it's uh people are dumping water. Well, maybe not during the COVID times, but they're doing your water and your tailwind and everything. Right. Uh, it's a it's a whole different story. Oh, uh, we've got a good question. When your basket for you. is chafed. Yeah, it all gets real then. <laughs> that's when. That, yeah, that's when the the whole story, the whole day shifts into something you don't want. Uh, now, now I need to sell a shirt that says, "When your basket is chafed, it's getting real." <laughs> I think you'd sell those pretty pretty well. <laughs> Uh, we get a we get a question from uh, Sean Carroll. Uh, he says, "Ryan, do you take inspiration or tips from any other interviewers?" You know, um, I always thought David Letterman was a great interviewer. Um, it, I, I really like the way he does it. I think Scott Coomer from Ten Junk Miles is a great interviewer um, because he's he's so not the typical broadcaster, yeah. right? Like Scott is Scott. Yeah. And I, and I, I like what Scott does. Um, but yeah, so I, the, the inspiration, I definitely like the way David Letterman interviewed people because he had a very disarming charm about him. And I think that's, that's kind of the thing is you want to, you, you don't want it to be confrontational. I, I don't at least want to do confrontational interviews. Um, I want I want people to be a star. I want the guests to be the star uh, of the show. And so my my philosophy on on interviewing is always to treat the guests like a dear friend, like I've known them forever. And how would I talk to a dear friend asking these same questions? Um, and so that's that's always seemed to help. And I think guys like that. So I'm going to throw out Letterman. I think he's a great interviewer. Uh, Scotty Coomer, I think, is a great interviewer. Um, I think the guys from Trailrunner Nation do a decent job. Um, also, uh, Ultra Runner Podcast, Eric does a great job interviewing people as well. You know, who, that's all good stuff. You know who I just started listening to, who falls kind of into that scientific category, is um, the mm -hmm. pain, the Pain Cave with uh, Jay Free Friedman. I think. Ooh, yeah, I check that out. Yeah, he's he he goes into like he really harps on the training stuff and. Uh, most of the, most of the athletes he has come, he had to like Taggart, um, 
Ben, oh man, I'm going to butcher that. Ben Etten. Ben Etten. Yeah, Tiger yeah. Ben Etten. Yeah, and that was a really, too, yeah. really good episode about, um, you know, 200 plus mile weeks and, you know, just crushing. Yeah. Uh, so I've been enjoying that, but also the Adventure Jogger. you become one of my regulars. Uh, you're, Thank you. I've su- subscribed on Spotify and Apple, so you're up there. And I only have a few. Thank you. I'll be honest, I've only got a few. Um, I'm actually curious, how do you feel, like as a podcaster, quote unquote, mm-hmm. how do you feel yeah. about Joe Rogan? How does he make you feel? You know, I I think Joe, when he started, that was a great podcast because he was talking to people that had some very interesting opinions. I think lately he's gotten so bogged down in politics that he's no longer as interesting as he used to be because I think he's, he's interviewing from a point of view and he's trying to have guests and ask questions that re-evalu- that reinforce that point of view where when he was first coming out, he was just like, I've got an interesting person. Here's a question, set you up, knock it out of the park. And so I think since he went to Spotify exclusively, I, and I don't know if someone's telling him like, listen, Joe, uh, we've done the research and we want you to, to complain about politics more. I just, I just think the, the authenticity is kind of, has, has decreased a little bit. But that being said, he's the gold standard of, of podcasting. I mean, more people listen to the Joe Rogan experience in an hour than listen to the Adventure Jogger in a week. So, I mean, he is the gold standard. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because I've been, I listened to him for a long time and I kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like the Spotify thing feels weird. There's, first of yep. all, there's like 10 minutes of ads. <laughs> like a full, oh. so many ads that you can skip through them. But like if you're running, you're not going to dig out your phone to like swipe through them. But there's a lot. Oh, yeah. And I don't mind. A couple of minutes. I get that he's got to pay the yep. bills, but it's like literally 10 minutes. And then right in the middle, there's like a DraftKings uh, ad. It's just crazy. But that's the one <laughs> yeah. thing that's bothering. And then like the content just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as raw as it used to be. There's always some right. like, it, it, yeah. sense of like, that's Joe Rogan. He doesn't, you know, give a F. He just, it's going to do, he's going to mm-hmm. say or do whatever he wants. And now it feels, right. feels a little bit moderated, which isn't great. Yeah. Yeah, he's lost that that authenticity, which, I mean, hopefully he gets back. It's, I mean, if someone threw me $150 million and said, Ryan, why don't on your running podcast, why don't you start complaining about politics? I'd look <laughs> at that check and go, man, that's $150 million. I don't really want to complain about politics, but it's $150 million. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a level at which you're... Uh... Uh, reputation just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> exactly. And $150 million is that level. <laughs> uh, here's a good question from Jody. We've got uh, from someone coming from overseas. What would the top three ultras on the East Coast be to run? Do you have a comment okay, on that? Um, yes. First of all, Jody, sign up for the Pinhoti 100. The Pinhoti 100 is the southeastern uh, 100 miler of choice. It is a wonderfully run race. It is a beautiful course. It's point to point. It's well supported. It is just an absolutely fantastic race that you have to do. Um, the Heiner View Trail Challenge, I've not run it, but I've talked to people that have. That needs to be on your list because it is a race where I think 1,500 people run that. And it is, it is, um, incredible. Um, let's see one more. What, what level are you looking for, Jody? Okay. I guess we can go anywhere with this. Um, I think, okay. 
the Yeti 100, and here's why. Um, Jason Green, who I've known peripherally for about three or four years, but this past year, I've gotten to know him really well. Like Jason and I will text each other and, you know, that sort of thing and, and chat on the phone. And I've gotten to know Jason Green really well. And Jason has created this, this community, this atmosphere, this, this wonderful thing. And the Yeti is the epitome of all things Jason stands for. Uh, inclusion, you know, celebrating people's victories. It's just the atmosphere that he's created there. So the course is not great. Let's not lie and say <laughs> the course is scenic and beautiful and it's mountains. But what Jason has created on that on that course with that race, it's something to behold. And I think it changes people when they run it because they feel like, okay, I found my tribe now. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it gives people a sense of belonging. So I would say those, those three races are something to do on the East Coast. I like that. Uh, she followed that up with, uh, never, I've never run real mountains, so I'd like to experience one. Uh, on that note, if you're willing to travel to the Northeast, uh, check out the Kilkenny Ridge 50 miler. That Ooh. was such, it's, it's a, no one knows about it. I think the, the first year we had, I don't know, maybe 75 runners, but it's yeah. got, uh, it's 50 miles, but it has 17,000 feet of elevation gain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's beautiful though. Like you go up over a couple of 4,000 footers in New Hampshire and you're on, there's, uh, it's just like, you're really out there. The aid stations are backcountry, So the volunteers have to yeah. hike in with all the supplies oh, wow. and filter water for you while, before you show up. So you're like, you're out there. Um, <laughs> by the way, she is a he. Oh, I think I think it's Oh, okay. Sorry, oh, Jody. Jo- Jody, sorry. <laughs> Apologize for that. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> However you identify, Jody, we love you. Um, but yeah, check out the hey, I will s- go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just I'll saying kill Um one more race, one more race that I'll add to that list. And it, it is technically on the Beast Coast because of where the Mississippi River goes. But the Superior 100 is a race that needs to be on everybody's list. It is so beautiful, so brutal, is so well run that if it's not on your list, put the Superior 100 on your list, and it's in Minnesota on the shores of Lake Superior. It is life changing. That yeah, I've I I know a few people around here that have uh, actually last year a lot of people around here seem to sign up for it, but I think it got canceled. No, no, did mm-hmm. it? Did yeah. it get canceled? Or I, I think they might have pulled out. I forget how that went down. But uh, yeah, that's pretty high profile. Is that hard to get into? It's got a lottery now, like oh, so really? many races. But I don't think the lot. It's not like Western states level lottery where you're never going to get in. Which, by the way, I was so excited. Um, this is this is a great story of how ultra running brings people together. So Kyle Curtin, who just set the Pitchell FKT, who set the Tahoe Rim FKT, who's the um, also the uh, course record holder for the Tahoe 200, he was stationed at Fort Campbell. He was in the Army. Um, it was in a group called the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment. Jeff Stafford was also in that. And so that's where I live. I live in Clarksville, Tennessee, right outside of Fort Campbell. All my friends were military. Travis's 5th Special Forces Group. Stafford's retired 160th. But Kyle, I got to know him because he lived here. And so we would run together and and he would, uh, you know, we'd do races together and travel together. And 
he became like an uncle to my children, you know, <laughs> like he would babysit my kids, which was, which was so great. But so he currently is 15th on the waiting list for Western States. And, and he's like, he was here, he, he came and visited, uh, for the, for the holiday. He was here. Uh, if you want to see some epic beer mile photos, you can go check out oh, I did the adventure this. jogger on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> the professional runner threw up, but anyway, he is currently fifth uh, or fifteenth on the wait list for Western states. Oh wow! And usually they go into the twenties uh, into the wait list. So um, I, I'm uh, fingers crossed. I'm going to look at the entrance list and message a bunch of people and tell them that they're not in shape and they need to drop out <laughs> because if Kyle, because if Kyle gets into Western states, I will be there. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's like a bucket list. I mean, even for people who think it's getting to the point where it's like too big, I feel like it still mm-hmm. has that, there's something to it. Like just to experience it one time in your life, um, you know, that's something special. Yeah. And I've experienced it as a crew and a pacer. Um, I want to say, was it 2017? My buddy Travis Esterby ran it and so I was able to crew and pace there. And it is it's a whole other ball game and it's so much fun and it's, it really is the super bowl of American hundred mile running. Yeah, for sure. What, what yeah. comes in second? What, what other event has that kind of profile? I mean, hard rock has its own following, right? But yeah. Yeah. There's a hard rock so hard to get into though. Yeah. And it's a hard course. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hence the name way too hard of a course. Uh, on the, on the topic of ultra running, Ryan, I'm curious, mm-hmm. what yeah. is your go-to calorie, like intake? What is your go-to food when you're out there in the supper fest, you're at a low yeah. and you feel like you got to eat something, what do you reach for? Pickles. Oh. <laughs> like, I get mad if they don't have pickles. Like straight up dill pickles, like a spear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just gnaw on them. Pretzels are good, too. <laughs> So you, when you go to an aid station, you dip your hand in the no pickle jar, or pickles. and mm-hmm. then you yeah. you get all vinegary and wet, and then you stick your mm-hmm. hands in yeah. the pretzel bowl with that vinegar <laughs> hand <laughs> to get that all nice and salt coated. <laughs> potatoes are good too. Potatoes are really good. Yeah, it's a weird thing because the boiled potato, like I from an right now, if you put a bowl of boi- boiled potatoes in front of me, I would it would be a hard pass. But in the moment, right. a salted boiled potato. Boiled potato is really it. It cuts to the cuts mm, to the core. Yeah, that it does. <laughs> I really mm. like. Uh, it's. I did one race with uh, avocado black bean wraps, and I, at the time, I was like, "That's probably a bad idea." But I, I ate them for like fifty miles, and they were great. <laughs> so it's a little Dave, bit different. You should not say that out loud. You'll get kicked <laughs> out of the Beast Coast for avocado black bean wraps. Hey man, it was at a it was at a hard race. <laughs> so it's That's a count. San Francisco treat right there. That's a West Coast treat. Hunt uh, Brothers pizza. That's what you should be eating. <laughs> so you've got uh, you've got some kids, right? How old are they? I have three kids. I have a, a daughter, Ava, who's nineteen years old. She is a sophomore at uh, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. And I've got a son, Cohen, uh, who is 16 years old, and a daughter, Evelyn, who is 14. Um, My son is a runner for cross country. So that is a great spectator sport to watch. I don't know, Dave, if you've been to a high school cross country meet in a while. Can't say I have. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. All other sports like football and baseball, you sit in a bleacher and you're like, ah, 
Good job, kid. Cross country, <laughs> you're running all over the course, right? Like you'll you'll look at the course map and you'll go, okay, I can see him here, here, and here. And it's the only sport I know where you can get a three mile workout in just running as fast as you can all over the course to yell at your child. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I hope your kids get into that when they get older. Cause your kids are young, right, Dave? Yeah. I got two, four and eight right now. Um, it's a handful during a pandemic for sure. I was going to ask you, oh. I was going to ask you, do you, I think I know the answer now. Um, do your kids think ultra running's cool or like their dad's kind of lame for being into this, you know, this click that we're in? <laughs> they think dad is lame, but they think ultra running's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, my kids, was- my kids think it's like, uh, impressive that I, you know, can run mm-hmm. far, but I don't know if there's any interest in actually running. <laughs> Not yet. at least. <laughs> um, now I will say this and people have said this to you a hundred times before Dave, but they grew up fast, cherish every single second of it. Because before you know it, much like me, Dave, you'll be dropping your daughter off at college You'll be loading things you know, into the car and you'll be setting up her dorm room. And then you'll be, as you're driving away, you'll be going, oh my God, my baby is in college. And then you remember what you were like in college and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now I got three boys, so I'm not going to think about what that would be like. <laughs> but then oh, I, but then I think lucky. about the trouble that I got into mm-hmm. as like a college age kid. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> uh, let's, let's think about uh happy thoughts, Ryan. Yes. Yes. Let's think about happy thoughts. <laughs> now, what do you think? I'm curious your thought on this. What do you think uh, mm-hmm. races are going to look like in 2021? Like I know a lot of them, like for me, I, I've got a couple on my calendar, but they like yeah. the Vermont 100 sent out this kind of, it was weirdly worded. It was like kind of a, a warning it was like, yeah, dear runner, just be cautious about the potential of this not happening. And I was like, what? I, I, I've already been deferred once. So you deferred me twice. It was just a really well, uh, weird email to get. And I'm curious, like, do you have races on the calendar? Are you feeling like they're going to happen? I think they're going to happen. And I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. In the American South, they're going to happen. Yeah, because true. like the, the town that I live in, it's like, What's this Corona nonsense, you know? And so there's, there's different levels of it. I think races will happen. I've been, um, in this weird frame right now where every time I sign up for a race and I think nothing's going on, all of a sudden life comes and it's like, oh crap, I guess I am busy that week. Mm -hmm. So, but I I think races are, are, races are going to happen. Um, and, and I'm hoping, I am hoping, hoping, hoping that, you know, vaccines are rolled out quickly and, you know, they talk about herd immunity, which I'm a radio DJ. I don't get all that stuff, but I hope we reach it soon because I think part of the soul of ultra running and trail running is the interactions with people. Yeah, And so it's the hugs. It's the aid station volunteer that when you're at your absolute lowest, I remember um, this was years ago at a race, a really hard race. And I was working in an aid station with Jeff Stafford. And, and Jeff Stafford is a national treasure. If you do not follow him on Instagram, follow him now. He is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. 
in my entire life. When I say he is family, he is absolute family. Um, you know, he is a grandfather to my kids. He's a second dad to 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 me. You he's, know, it, it, but he, he says, is, eat, "Eat rice balls." That was his last comment. No, oh, don't make <laughs> me tell that story, Jeff. Um, but no, and so I remember at a, it was it was it was getting towards the cutoff time, right? And so just seeing Jeff interact with people at their lowest, and how there was one young lady who was about to give up. And Jeff went into dad mode, which Jeff can do, <laughs> right? And he could be everybody's dad. And so uh, he, he just was able to slip into dad mode and, and talk to this woman in a way where the idea of quitting all of a sudden just wasn't, wasn't a reality for wow, her. And awesome. he was able to get her out of the chair, get food into her, get her out onto the trail and get her moving. And, and she finished this brutal brutal race. And so with this contactless free um, world that we live in, I think ultra running and trail running, it will do what we have to do to survive. But when we can get back to that contact world where you can have an aid station worker put it, put their arm around you and, 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 and tell you like, you can do this and I believe in you and you can get to the next aid station. Let's get up, let's get food in you, let's get going. When that happens again, and I'm hoping it happens by summer, but what do I know? I just, <laughs> I play Taylor Swift records. What do I know? Um, that's when the sport will return to when it's at its best. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of scared of that, honestly, because I don't know if I like it's it's not great to say, but like not having all that, it almost feels like why bother? <laughs> you know, some you know, right, it does. If we're doing like staged starts in the the crewless aid stations and uh, you know volunteerless aid stations, even maybe you're just, mm -hmm. there's food and water there. I don't know if the magic would still be there to run a hundred miles. You know. Yeah, I think especially like maybe 50k, maybe you could get through a 50k with yeah. the COVID restrictions. Yeah, but I, but think I mean the hundreds, the hundreds will be hard to swallow for a lot of people without a crew, without mm -hmm. a, you know, volunteers cheering you on, without a big party at the finish line. Um, you know, it's exactly. a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow. Like I'll run a 50k and not have a party. Mm -hmm. I'll still have a party at home. Yeah, <laughs> but if I'm running a hundred mile race and I see Andy Jones Wilkins out there and I can't hug him. Yeah. That's a world that I don't want to live in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I hope it, I just hope, I mean, up here it's different. I think in the Northeast, uh, mm -hmm. people are still very scared up here and, yeah. you know, school, like our kids don't go to school and, um, yeah, it's, that's what has me concerned about specifically the races up, you know, Vermont 100, for instance, uh, they're really they sounded optimistic, but that second email mm -hmm. kind of deflated me. And, you know, it's like, I want to train. I want to like be my best that day. And if I can't, yeah. and like having that in the back of my mind that the rug's going to be pulled out from under me, it's uh, not a great feeling. You know, you want to go into it feeling like, all right, that's the day on the calendar and you got to be ready for it. But now you don't know. Well, here's the thing, Dave. Why don't you sign up for a Southern race? You can <laughs> fly into Nashville you can stay at my house, and we'll, I'll, I'll put my crew together for you, and we'll get you running. We'll, we'll get you sign up for Pinhoti. We'll get you running Pinhoti. It's <laughs> a great idea, actually. Are they going to happen? Are they requiring uh, testing to get into the get into the states down there? 
<laughs> it's in Alabama, Dave. You know the answer to that question. <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> this ain't Vermont, Dave. It's Alabama. I was watching that uh, the Hook of Carbon X2 uh, on, live on YouTube, and they were talking about yeah. how they got around all the uh, COVID restrictions by all the athletes were tested before they got on the plane, after they mm-hmm. got off the plane, at the like at the front door of the race, they got a rapid test. All of the volunteers, were, it was like everybody got 10 tested. 10 tests <laughs> like, mm-hmm. to be super yeah, sure. Yeah, right. And then they, inside the dome there where they all were, they had like a little safety bubble where no more a mask and they just, it was normal life in there. I kind of want to open one of those yeah. up in my town, you know, <laughs> like it's a little safety <laughs> bubble. Everyone gets tested on the way in and we just, uh, we act like it's back to regular life in there. Welcome to the safety bubble presented by Chase the Summit. <laughs> That's my next uh, venture. I'll, maybe I'll invest in that. <laughs> Like those igloos we have, do you have igloos down there for, for like restaurants? No, but what we have, um, we, in the town where I live in, do you have those pop-up Halloween stores that oh, yeah. show up? Yeah. Spirit. They're we called had one. Yeah. We had one. It, it was the first year they had it. It was this big inflatable orange pumpkin. It was huge, this huge inflatable orange pumpkin. But if anything, if the, the southern sun will fade everything. So year one, it was a big inflatable pumpkin. Year two, it was an inflatable pumpkin. Year three, it was a big white gourd. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do not have any igloos or anything. We're actually um, in restaurants here. You can you can go out to eat and, and and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we can do that here, but like a lot of them are offering these outdoor, uh, like inflated mm-hmm. igloos where you're by yourself, you're separated. It's sanitary. It's all sanitized, and like you <laughs> right, pay you pay right. extra money to get into it. It's like a it's a whole thing, and they heat it so it's Ooh. not super cold in there. Um, yeah, I was just curious Ooh. down in the south if you uh, if you have that sort of thing. So, are, do you have? Are any, you? Are you? Go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, are you are you ultra sign up in uh, Pinhoti right now? Because I've made all those promises to you. Yeah, it's on my screen right now. Curious. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be nice to you know get into a real you know a real race that's not modified. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't. I feel like I'm the culture has been embedded into me up here now, where I'm so I'm very isolated. I have a desk job if I'm doing my you know mechanical engineering work or, um, at this office doing this. (laughs) So I feel like I don't see a lot of people. I feel like it'd be a shock for me to be like at a starting line without masks and everyone just kind of doing their thing. (laughs) Do people, wait, (gasps) people are wearing masks right down there. Um, you know, my wife did a half marathon a couple of months ago and they made everybody wear masks at the starting line. But once you got moving, you could take it off. Oh yeah. yeah, People are wearing masks. People are wearing masks here in the store. There's always that random, uh, I was going to say a bad word, but I stopped myself. Um, there's always that random person. We'll call them a tool that is making a political statement, um, and not wearing a mask. And I always feel bad for the, for the grocery store employees. Like, hey, buddy, that person's getting paid eight dollars an hour. They do not want to hear your spiel that you saw on the internet. Just yeah. put a mask on and get into the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, it's more about the like just respect at that point. It's not about like whether or not well, you believe in it. Yeah. yeah, I look at it like this. Okay, let's just say masks do nothing. Okay. I'm okay with the slight inconvenience of having to put something over my face if it means that maybe, just maybe, someone won't get sick 
and take that to their loved one who's old and frail and and gets COVID and, and doesn't take it very well. Putting something over my face is a slight inconvenience compared to the risk of, I don't know, killing someone's grandma. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's that's our COVID talk for this <laughs> for this stream. That is. Um, Check so, that off the list. So I'm curious, do you, do you have races on the calendar for 2021? I had a couple of races on the calendar. Um, I'm kind of trying to play a, a, a game of wait and see mm. and wait until what races I can get into maybe a, a month or so beforehand instead of signing up for everything um, six months ahead of time. I do want to go back to strolling gym this year and I want my wife to go because she's she's gotten into running now and she's a half marathon uh, extraordinaire. And so I want her to do that at least the half marathon. So, so strolling gym, I'm going to sign up for that pretty soon. And and I'm hoping Kyle, my buddy, gets into Western States so I can go crew and pace that a little bit. And let's look for some fun things in the fall where hopefully the world goes back to normal and we have races where we can hug again. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to that. Um, yep. Okay, Ryan, we're coming up in an hour, so I think uh, we can just about wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Um, I will. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought will, I'd make I that will. real awkward for thoughts. you. <laughs> So, so Jeff Stafford mentioned rice balls um, earlier on, and that comes from a race he did. He did the Arkansas Traveler years ago, and the and the coach that he had, who I've always kind of thought was a moron, but <laughs> Jeff seemed to like him, told him to try try fueling on rice balls with egg and soy sauce in them. So he had made all of these rice bars with egg in them, and the race in the middle of the day, got up to 80 degrees. Ooh. And so he's <laughs> eating these rice and egg things all day. And at about mile 60, Jeff projectile vomited <laughs> rice and egg all over the side of the trail. <laughs> and, it, it, and it was, I'm like, dude, there's egg in there. It's 80 degrees. How did you not think that was going to turn your stomach? Yeah, so that's I mean, where that comes the, from. the idea of a rice ball sounds good until you mention the egg part. Then it sounds really bad. <laughs> why, why are you putting eggs in something you're going to be eating and it's 80 degrees outside? It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Well, thanks for that final story, Ryan. I appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners did too. <laughs> um, if, you, if you've made it this far into this live stream or the podcast or whatever you're listening to, make sure to uh, go over and subscribe to Ryan's uh, podcast called The Adventure Jogger on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, also check out his merch store. He has Adventure Jogger Joggers, where you can actually jog an Adventure mm -hmm. Jogger Joggers, which is a lot of jogging. Yeah, the jogging pants. <laughs> a lot of jogging in one sentence. Uh, also, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a thumbs up down below. Consider subscribing to the channel. Really appreciate that. And with that, uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. I'll probably do another live stream in a couple weeks, maybe a week. I'll see you then. Thanks for joining, everybody. <laughs>